the both and of power. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 10. The river from the temple. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand cubits, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Englame. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. So the scripture is about a river. As we read through the text, we find a river that's flowing out of the temple in Jerusalem. Jerusalem did not have a river, so this imagery holds a lot of power in and of itself. There's a promise of life, a promise of abundance, a promise of power. Ezekiel sees the river of life running out from the temple through the streets of Jerusalem. That's pretty cool. Then, as Ezekiel and his unnamed guide begin to walk, they follow the river as it continues to get deeper. Take note that they do not walk very far, and the river gets strangely deep. They walk maybe half mile each time, ankle, knee, waist, then raging. Interesting. The vision ends with Ezekiel recognizing the life within and surrounding the river. Okay, good. So what is the significance of the river? The river is a promise of what is to come from Jerusalem, the river of life flowing through the streets, life in abundance. Joel and Zechariah also talk about this river that is to come, flowing from the house of the Lord. Revelation mentions the river flowing from the throne of God. So the river is significant in many ways and is talked about throughout scripture. We are going to focus on the paradox it holds, one that I've been pondering and wrestling with a lot recently, the both and of power. Think of a river. What are some of the first characteristics you think of? Hopefully water is the first thing that comes to mind. And then maybe rapids, fish, it kind of goes where it wants to go, it ebbs and flows. There's a lot of different characteristics. So now let's focus on the water. The one thing that sticks out to me is the power. Waterfalls in the ocean hold a lot of power as well. The water is powerful, which is where the paradox of the both and comes in. Contained in the power of the water is both beauty and danger. Beautiful in nature, gentle as it flows along. The sounds of a rushing river is calming. I could sit by a river for hours and hours in prayer and wonder and stillness. But also water is very dangerous and chaotic. It cannot be tamed. It cannot be controlled. It goes where it wants to go. It has the ability to bring destruction. Just think about that. How many of you know what river rafting is? So just imagine with me, right? The blow-up boat, you and eight others are in it. You get handed a life jacket, a paddle. Then there's a safety talk or a safety debrief. Anytime I have ever gone rafting on the river, there's a talk about what to do in all the possible scenarios. 
The rivers that I have rafted on are not small rapids. Keep that in mind. The guides talk about how to paddle, how to stay in the boat, but also what to do if you, for some reason, fall out of the boat and end up going through the rapids alone. You are supposed to relax, stay on your back, let the water take you, trust your life jacket, and then trust that the guide will come and pick you up once you reach the end. While both preparing and even while in the boat, the both and is very evident. I know that there is power, I know that it is beautiful, and also that it is dangerous. The guide sets you up well to walk into the both and confidently, both beauty and danger. However, your boat tips or you fall out of the boat and suddenly the power is real. The water sweeping over you, rapids, rocks, you have no clear idea where you are. You just have to trust that the guides have equipped you well. Holy Spirit is much the same. Just like the river is both and, Holy Spirit is both and. We have all probably heard of the power of Holy Spirit. Tongues, tears, being slain in the Spirit, healing, baptism in the Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit holds a lot, a lot of power. However, Holy Spirit is not solely power. Holy Spirit is a being. Holy Spirit wants to be known, and we have to have a relationship with Holy Spirit, just like we need a relationship with Jesus and the Father. We do not seek Holy Spirit just to get power. We can't get these mixed up. Power begins to radiate when we cultivate friendship, but we are not after the power. This power contains beauty. We see how much more to life there is in the world around us. Also, danger. Holy Spirit cannot be, cannot be tamed or controlled. Holy Spirit cannot be put in a box. There's a lot of mystery and unknown. So both the river and Holy Spirit require full trust. Just like Ezekiel, we have an invitation into the river, into this power. An invite that leads us to live our lives in the both and. This invite is for everyone. Everyone is worthy to get into the river. You are worthy to get into the river. Remember the Samaritan woman who was offered living water at the well. She was seen as unworthy by those around her, yet with just one sip of living water, her life changed. Jesus went out of his way to meet with her and extend the invitation. He does the same to you. Ezekiel recognized the call. This unnamed guide who is leading him invites him through the river at each step. Ezekiel does not hesitate. Ezekiel is obedient and follows. Immediate obedience is needed. His guide, Ezekiel's guide, is similar to the rafting guide. There is trust between the guide and the ones being guided. There is also a submission to the guides, realizing that the guides hold knowledge and experience specific to what is happening. The unnamed guide recognized the power in the river and the importance of sharing that with Ezekiel. There was a mandate, first ankle, knee, waist deep, and then raging over his head. Maybe without the guide, Ezekiel would not have entered. The river was not to just be looked at. Ezekiel went through the waters. It was something for him to enter. Also note that Ezekiel got in the river as much as he could each time. Ezekiel trusted the guide. Our guide is Holy Spirit. If we look in the Old Testament, their guide was God. In the New Testament, the disciples' guide was Jesus. Now we have Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is both our guide to get us to the river and the power of the river. The trust and submission in the guide allows the safety debriefing that talks about danger in a way that does not instill fear about the water. Holy Spirit wants this same trust and submission, the same knowing that danger does not instill fear but draws us closer to him. We are able to see the power, cling to the beauty, and trust in the danger. And in order to trust, we have to be able to listen to the guide's voice. We cannot remain like those Isaiah talks about and not know the master, not know his voice. Isaiah says that even the animals know their master. 
How helpful is a guide if we do not ever turn in to their voices and listen to what is being said, and not only listen, act in the manner that they are calling us to act. The raft guide can give me everything I need to know, but when it comes down to when we are on the river, if I fall out of the boat, it comes down to me. Did I listen well? Am I going to submit and be obedient? Am I trusting them? Same with us in Holy Spirit. Do we hear Holy Spirit? Do we trust? Are we being obedient to what is being said to us? If we cannot hear Holy Spirit, how can we be guided? Let me say that again. If we cannot hear Holy Spirit, how can we be guided? Back to Ezekiel. The call is not to just get close. It is not to observe. The call is specific to enter the river. Ezekiel did this. A lot of times in our lives, we hesitate and sink into being passive. We want someone to push us into the river. We sit beside and watch the power in awe, thinking that it's all we are called to do. Why do we think it's enough to only be close? We have the greatest invitation into new life. Remember, every single person is worthy to get into the water. The enemy wants to tell you different, but if you get nothing else from this message, remember that you are worthy to enter the river. We encounter the both and danger and beauty when we follow the guide into the river. Maybe we are swept off our feet. Maybe we listen to the guide and then we panic and forget the words of the guide. Maybe we see the beauty and then the danger scares us and we run back to the shore. That is okay. There's an old song that says, sink or swim, I'm diving in. And that is what I think of. That should be our heart posture. The power of the Holy, or the power of the river is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit calls us into him to experience all that is offered. This is where the both and of power become practical in our lives. We all understand now that we have this invitation, right? Here is where the danger starts. To enter the river, we first have to battle with our old self against the flesh. We have to deny the flesh. We have to let go of religious constructs, control, fear, comfort, pride. Pride will tell us that the river is childish. Control tells us that we are better off outside of the river. Religious constructs laugh at the idea. All these things recognize the power of the river. The question is, do we? The enemy will do whatever he can to keep you out because the power will lead us beyond ourselves. It led Jesus to pray over lepers, to walk on the water, to go out into the nations, to full dependence. It led the disciples into persecution, rejection, laying hands, healing, miracles, communions. The danger becomes something not to be feared as we see the beauty and as we trust Holy Spirit as our guide. This is a daily invitation, a daily walk into the river, into Holy Spirit, a daily walk with Holy Spirit that leads to fellowship. If we want to look like Jesus to do the things of the Father, then we need to be in tune with Holy Spirit. Jesus operated out of the river. He died to his wants, needs, position, pride, control, and stepped into the river fully trusting Holy Spirit. When we follow, we step into a life that is unexpected, filled with beauty and danger. A life that leads us to the unknown, a life that calls us to pour out, a life that calls us to look like a fool according to the world's standards, a life of so much freedom and abundance. So the invitation is out. We have to act. We walk into the water and we begin saying yes to Holy Spirit. Think about it. Peter's shadow healed because he accepted the invite. He received Holy Spirit in the upper room. He began to walk with Holy Spirit, being obedient to where he was being called, and because of those, he walked in authority. His life was not about himself anymore. It was all about being in tune with Holy Spirit and being obedient. Same with Paul, Stephen, Philip, and so many others. They were all indwelling with Holy Spirit. They became laid down lovers, risking all they had for God. 
They felt the power and then could not go back to a normal way of life. David in Psalms 51 pleads with God about not taking away Holy Spirit from him. Why? Because he knew Holy Spirit and the freedom and abundance that came with letting go of self. And he never wanted to lose that. He saw the changes that took place in his heart. All I know is that life with Holy Spirit should not be boring or mundane. If it is, we are doing something wrong. We're missing out. Now, just a warning. God does not want us just to stick our feet in. He calls us deeper and deeper until, like Ezekiel, the river is raging. The call is not an easy calling, but we see over and over throughout the Bible that it's worth it. It may take us a few times. We may dive all in, then back to ankle length, then to the shore, then back out. That is okay. He simply wants our yes over and over and over. When we are living in the power, the beauty and danger are no longer what we are focused on. They are still there, but as we behold the face of God and are in tune with Holy Spirit, we live our lives out of full trust. We know that danger will come and that we don't have to fear because we have God on our side. We know that beauty comes and we can rest in that. It's a journey to get to this point, so give yourself grace. With the power, there is beauty and danger, both and. We have to remain focused on Holy Spirit as our guide in order to live out of a place of abundance. We have to listen. We have to trust. Ezekiel saw the life surrounding the river. He trusted his guide. He had immediate obedience. Are you listening? Do you hear the guide? Are you too focused on the danger or the beauty? Are you continuing to listen? It's not a one time and done. Abraham had to continue to listen to the voice of the Father. Jesus was constantly in communion with Holy Spirit so that he could do only what the Father was doing. If we stop listening, we immediately are walking out of the water. Where are you right now? I want you to close your eyes and ask Holy Spirit where you are. Are you in the water? Are you sitting next to the river watching others? Are you sitting in passivity saying that the river is not for you in this season? Are you waiting for the Father to push you into the river? Are you fearful of the danger? Do you think you are unworthy of the invitation? The good thing is that there is always room for growth.